following program is intended for mature audiences. All right, you primitive screwheads, listen up. Let's talk football. Let's talk football. One constant through all the years, Ray, has been baseball. Been a lot of complaints already. Bad language, smoking grass. 106 miles to Chicago. We got a full tank of gas, half a pack of cigarettes. It's dark, and we're wearing sunglasses. Hit it. It's hard to recognize the house in the dark when you took the flags down. Well, it's been windy. It's been that su- what, well, no. Is that I what mean, flags are for? No, nah, not when it gets like some of the gusty winds we've had lately. Yeah. I've, I've lost a few flags out there before. Really? So, yeah. Okay. Yeah. It is the intentional foul. The what? What did you have up? Did you have you? You had the Bears, I would assume, and the Brewers, and and the Brewers yep. still, still, still rocking the Brewers. Yep. All right. It is the intentional foul. We are back for another week. We have uh, we've been growing our um, audience and listenership the last couple of weeks. Well, and after, uh, the, after tonight, we may lose a few. I, I hope not, but we'll see. <laughs> I mean, that I mean, since the first couple of weeks, that's a that's a pretty decent number. We're getting there. Um, so, and again, we're we're approaching number one hundred. This is episode ninety three. Um, hard to believe we've been going this long. That's all, that's like two solid years, right? Yes. Wow. Yep. And and a lot of them you. And can't. that includes like me doing them by oh, right. myself for a while, skipping and, a couple of weeks, and yeah, jeez. Yeah. But we are uh, we are growing the audience. I don't know if we're ready to start accepting ads yet. Uh, making I'll any, take any money. Many <laughs> any money is good. <laughs> We have a lot to uh, get to. We'll, we'll talk NFL. Packers suck. Bears might be good. Um, we'll recap week six, get into week seven. And then uh, Baseball World Series is on. Some NBA notes. Badgers play this week. And the high school athletic world just, we can't catch a break here. No. Um, for those of us who really, really want to see high school athletics get going, as far as fall or winter and whatever, but this is just it's, mess. It, it, yeah, it's taken another turn early this week, and hopefully we'll find out some positive news in the next couple of weeks, but we'll, we'll talk about that. So all that and more uh, coming up on this episode. We can start with your division leading. <laughs> Five and one, uh-huh. Chicago Bears. How you feeling? Uh, I'm okay. Yeah. I, I, I'm not like... You know, I'm not super duper excited about this team, um, but I think it's a potential playoff team, mm-hmm. and I think they're I think they're getting better, which is always good to see. Mm-hmm. Um, probably the most complete game, start to finish, they played all year. They actually scored in all four quarters <laughs> for the first time this year. They had gone, what were they like? Uh, they'd been outscored by like 80 points in the third quarter, I think, this year. Uh-huh. Something, something weird like that. Um, you know, on the road, beat a beat a decent Carolina team. Um, I thought Carolina had they definitely had their opportunities to win the game. Uh, Bridgewater had a couple of poor decisions, a couple of poor overthrows. Um, the Bears defense was able to force some turnovers and uh, and really get some pressure on the quarterback. So that that was probably the best game on both sides of the ball I've seen. Um, they ran the ball okay. I think Montgomery had about 60 yards rushing. Uh, Patterson had his typical couple two, three-yard runs that they throw in there. Um, not great, but, you know, I guess adequate for, for what they were doing. Um, Foles was okay. He's a he's a weird quarterback to watch 
as your quarterback because he's so streaky. Like, he will have two three-and-outs in a row where you're like, this dude's terrible. <laughs> like, he's throwing it at people's feet. He's throwing off his back foot. And he's, you know, and he, it's like he's getting sacked, and he makes a terrible decision and throws it instead of just taking it. And you're like, what are you doing? But then he'll have these drives where it's like seven for seven for 65 yards on the drive, and they score a touchdown. And it's like, which one are you? <laughs> You know, and, and, uh-huh. and like some of it is, you know, the Bears skill guys aren't great. So in some cases, they don't make the play that the quarterback needs them to make. Right. And it, and, you know, and it always reflects on the quarterback, of course. But, um, yeah, I, we, I know what that's like. Yeah. Yeah. Of course. <laughs> but, uh, I don't know. It, it's, it's an interesting team. They are the kind of, they are historically, these are the kind of Bear teams, these grinded out, High teen, low twenties point totals, mediocre offense. This is really Bears football at its finest. Well, one thing I texted you is that I thought Montgomery was running the ball a lot better, and they were yeah. actually trying to run the ball a little bit. And I saw a couple of long runs, and I, that's when I I hit you up, and I was like, okay, well then why would you abandon the running game if this is how it's going? But that seems to be one of the sticking points. Of that coach, it's, yeah, yeah. It's I mean, kind of the Mike McCarthy thing. All of a sudden, you forget you have a running back that can and an offensive line that has had some success. Well, two the last two bare possessions of the game, which both were under four minutes, up seven, they get to third and short, and they they throw, and it's like if you do it the first time, right? Okay, fine. But then you do it two minutes later when if you get a first down, the game's it's over. over. That's right. And you throw again, and you don't get it, and you, you can't keep giving. I mean, thankfully, they're playing Teddy Bridgewater in Carolina. You do that against somebody good. You do that against the Packers. You do that against anybody other than the Vikings. Right. You, you probably <laughs> lose the game. That's right. But fortunately for them, Bridgewater was playing poorly. And, you know, he made a bad throw at the end there. The guy, uh, kid for uh, the Bears picked it off and, and sealed the game. But got to be smarter than that mm-hmm. as a coach, you know. And we've talked about it a lot with Nagy. He's a guy that sometimes I think he wants to show everybody how smart he is. And that's a that's a thing with, with these young offensive coaches that get anointed as offensive geniuses. And, I mean, you can point right to the dude in New York, Adam Gase, is another one of these guys where it's like they're always trying to prove to you how smart they are, where it's like, man, just coach football and win the game. That's all anybody cares about at the end of the day. Nobody, like the Chiefs last night, beat the hell out of Buffalo, and everybody would look at it and be like, wow, Pat Mahomes, that offense. It's like, no, they ran the ball for 250 yards. They ran more than they threw. Like, everybody thinks Andy Reid wants to chuck it around, but it's like, dude, he just wants to win the game. So No, if, if you find a formula of what works, good coaches will stick with that formula. Yes. They won't just abandon it to just to show something else or get something else on film or get cute because you think this will work and you got a chance to, you know, put some, somebody away. To, stick with what, you know, we talk about it all the time, guys outthinking themselves. And you got to coach to your talent. You know, if, if you have the Packers offense on the Bears team, and you want to go for it on third and two, and you've got Aaron Jones, you've got Devontae Adams, you've got a quarterback like Rodgers who can make plays, fine. You don't have that. you got Montgomery, Allen Robinson, and Foles. Run the ball. 
But, right. you know, fortunately for them, they were able to get the win. That's really all that matters. Um, I mean, 5-1 and one after six games, I mean, we're, we're basically at the, the one-third mark of the season, more or less. Um, I, I would have never believed that. <laughs> I mean, and truthfully, they should probably be 3-3. Three and three. Um, but even that, I think I would have been pleasantly surprised to have been 3-3 three and three at this point in the season. So I'm not complaining. I'll take whatever I can get. And like I said, I, I think this has got a pretty good chance of being a playoff team, barring some kind of crazy collapse. I was just going to say, you're you're leading the division. You only have one loss. You still have to play Green Bay twice. Of course, yeah. So you, I mean, but they're going to lose at least one of those, and I think probably both. Well, the way that they're playing, and if if the Packers can't figure stuff out, because I think they have they got Houston this week, and then they got the Vikings. I don't know how long it is until the Bears game. Um, they, it's late. They play them both like, of them. Both of them are late. I think the first one's like week eleven or twelve, maybe oh, wow. twelve. Okay, and then That's I right, think they play the last week of the season. Maybe we were talking about ten and zero, yeah. and yeah, no, I no, I think you're right. Yeah. So I, I mean, which could be really fun. Oh, for sure. I mean, there's nothing better than the division on the line in though, or a seeding. Yeah, you know that's up for grabs in that last game. It makes it makes guys play. Mm-hmm. Coaches don't mm-hmm. have to sit guys yeah. for an extra week of rest because there's there's been so much decided going into the last week of the season, um, just in recent years, where you get a lot of games that could be good, and they're just not because they decide to just rest people. Mm-hmm. You know. And so you just got some bad football. Boy, I'll tell you what, they there were a couple of plays uh, in that Bear game where they uh, completed passes to Jimmy Graham. Yes. Dude, he is so slow. Holy shit. Like, <laughs> we were I was like, I was dying. He caught like a five-yarder, and he turned to go up the sideline, and it was like he was running in molasses. It was, un- he could not get his legs going, and I was like, Thank God he's still huge and, and has decent hands because well, he has, otherwise he can't play. He has decent hands this season. Like, I over the last well, he's couple of years. With, he's playing with a real quarterback now. Clearly, the quarterback <laughs> play is so much better in Chicago. Right. But how many drops did he have with no, the I Packers know, in two years? And now it looks like you throw anything within a foot of him, and he's going to go catch it. One-handed if necessary. Yeah. It's, and, and all the Packer fans, and rightly so. Oh, they're yeah, just, I get it. They're just screaming like, where was this? Well, and so are the Seattle fans because he sucked there too. But, I mean, you know, if you can get him to be semi-reliable and you saw Cole Komet finally make his appearance here in week six and catch a touchdown. Yes. You all of a sudden incorporate those two guys into your offense. Now you got something that's a little interesting and harder to defend. One of the one of the talking heads that I follow on Twitter said that one um, division scout said something to the effect of um, the time has come for Cole Komet to be a, a more featured part of that offense. Second round pick, man. Yeah. You you didn't get him to be a practice squad guy. He's got to play. Yeah. And you gotta use him. Yep, and 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 you saw when he's used he's a good athlete. he can be productive yeah. if you try and get him the ball. He's a good athlete. I don't know, you know, I haven't watched enough of him. I don't know if he can block. Right. I don't know any of that stuff, but he looks like a guy that's a good enough athlete where if you put him out there on a linebacker, you like your chances. Oh, absolutely. You know? No question. All right, so who do the Bears got this week? Are they on? They're uh, Monday Night Football at the Rams. Okay. Um, which is going to be a really big game for both of those teams. Mm-hmm. Um, the Rams have beat the NFC East. That's it. That's it. 
They're four and two. They beat all four NFC East teams. Well, then you can't exactly who they got beat the other night by the Niners, who were desperate. And then they got they were getting their ass kicked by Buffalo a couple weeks ago. They came back and got screwed at the end and ended up losing to Buffalo. So both of these teams, the Bears and the Rams, are kind of in a little prove it game of are you any good? Right. So um, and it's out in L.A. It's out in L.A. All right, and you know, no fans, so I'm not sure that matters. No, but that's well. is there new? They they have a new stadium right now with, with Vegas. Is that done? The Rams? The, yeah. No, they're it, in L, that, L.A. Is yeah, it, they're done. Is, is that that small coliseum? No, that's that where the Chargers were playing? playing. Okay, that's where they were playing. Okay. Well, that's that's an interesting Monday night game. It is. I might, might I'm have... actually not super pissed that that's on. Just well, say. because like I said to my dad today, I go, boy, when the World Series is over, we're really like during the week, like we're gonna have nothing for sports. Yeah, red hot action. Yeah, we're gonna have nothing. <laughs> For sports. <laughs> so it's going to be NFL and college football on Saturdays and Sundays yeah. and maybe a Monday, but that's it. Has there been any, and I don't want to skip to skip around or anything, like, has there been any indication from the NBA of when camp is going to start, when they're going to, because, I mean, right now I'm probably looking at scheduling exhibition games sometime soon, and the season's probably going to get ready. To, has there been any? Sounds like... Uh, Martin Luther King Day will probably be around somewhere around there for opening night. Okay, um, which would you know that's the day they, they play. I mean, at all hours. Yeah, yeah. yeah, but like you know, obviously the NBA for symbolic reasons think sure. that that would be a big deal. But that's actually like timeline wise, you know, maybe late January, but it sounds more like early February is when they're going to start again. Okay. All right, let's jump to the Packers. We don't have to spend a ton of time on this because I'm frankly tired of hearing about it um and i got tired of watching it so much to the point where i went and i worked in the garage for maybe one or two series um and then i came back and i clearly didn't miss anything no uh when i watched the rest of the game um he had a tim boyle sighting that was great yeah that's when i really tuned in um 38 straight points i mean it was a 10 nothing lead you thought you're off to the races this is going to be great and then man Pick six, which you texted me. You don't see that. I mean, it's his third one third ever. ever. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's not not crazy um, that he was. You can't label him as he he was. He's gone so far down because he's making oh, so no, many mistakes. No, no. But then he threw another pass, and then another interception right after that. So he had a bad game. Yeah, it happens. It happens, and then it's the first that you hear about afterwards when they the start talking to Lafleur that he says you have a shitty week of practice, you play a shitty game, and I thought that was interesting. Yeah, but and you're it, coming off the bye. I mean, that's the second year in a row they've got their ass kicked coming off the box. Third year in a row. Well, but I, with Lafleur, well, though, well, right? You know, but I mean that that could something... just the thing you you add that up to, you know, Rogers not playing well in Tampa. He was, I think, one and two heading in, and it's like it's not like the, the players left and were distracted and went on a boat cruise like the Vikings did. Mm-hmm. They stayed in town because they had to get tested. Right. It's not like you weren't focused or locked in, or maybe they were just burnt out. For not being able to get away. Well, it's week six. You better figure that out. I know. I mean, that's a little bit early to be burnt out on the season. Yeah. Um. But you know, you don't you don't expect to hear coaches or players talk about what a shitty week of practice you had leading up to a game. That kind of sets the table for um that kind of stuff. But I thought it was interesting that both of those interceptions were on plays to Adams, which which 
you know, that maybe a little rust there, maybe but, a little miscommunication. But it's also what I told you. It's like he's missed him for the for the last couple. It's like, what do you think's going to happen? Yeah, and 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 Rogers seemed a little um, little pigeonholed in trying to force Adams into that game. Um, there were the two the two interceptions, and then there was the one back shoulder sideline one they tried to complete where it wasn't a it wasn't a terrible throw, but it wasn't one of Rogers' best throws. But Adams was like two feet out of bounds, right? You know, and it's like okay, in Aikman is, and I had one of my one of my buddies called me just losing his shit <laughs> Sunday afternoon about Aikman. It was hilarious, uh, but. You know the announcers were even saying like they look, they just look off. Mm-hmm. Their timing looks off. Rogers looked kind of off all day, and you know, of course, the mainstream media tries to make a big deal out of everything Rogers does um, that goes wrong. And it was kind of funny to listen to a guy like uh, Colin Cowherd, your boy. It, mm-hmm. You know, going in on he's 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 a front runner. He's soft. You know, he's he's the the body language thing again, and and the body language thing is a thing. It's, it's there. It's always been, but a it's thing. always been a thing. And I think everybody that plays with him at this point understands that. But um, I don't know. I don't think Rogers is necessarily soft in a front runner. He does not like getting hit. There's no question about that. No, he and he's and he's not. You know, you watch a lot of these quarterbacks around the league. He's not a guy, and partly it's his age. I get it, but. He's not as old as some of these other quarterbacks. He's not the kind of quarterback that's going to stand in the pocket and take one in the chest. Probably not, but he's not afraid to run it like when he did at the goal line and he knew he was going to get smacked, but his focus was scoring a touchdown. Correct. A lot of other quarterbacks would have slid at the four-yard line. Right. He went, and don't get me started on that rule, that whatever it was that he gave himself up when you're diving forward towards the goal line. You're trying to score. Yes, and I don't know how you can do that and then say, okay, well, the rule is you gave himself up. Well, if he gave himself up earlier and then the guy comes and hits him, how come that's not a penalty? You can't have it both ways. Which one is it? If it's a touchdown, then there's no penalty. If it's not a touchdown, it's a penalty. Which, you know, so I'm... But you're right, though. He's not going to stand there. He's never wanted to stand there. But I don't think he's necessarily afraid of getting hit. He just doesn't... I don't think he just wants to take a loss. Well... I, I don't I'm not gonna buy into that whole he's he's necessarily soft in a front runner, although I think the Packers as a team, I think they're a soft team and I do think they are a little bit of a front running team. When they get the lead on you and then they can just start slinging it around the yard, they're completely different than when they're trying to catch you. Mm-hmm. Um and that defense, man, like you punch them in the mouth. They have no fight back. There's a lot of woofing going on when when the Smith guys are getting sacks and stuff, but you start running the ball on the Packers, and we saw it last year with the Niners, and we saw it last year with the Chargers. They don't really, even with the Vikings, the Vikings haven't beat them. They have run the ball all over the Packers, and we talked about it a couple weeks ago. I think that's how you beat that team. Mm -hmm. You slow the game down, and you run the ball. Now, when, when Tampa scores... 14 points in three plays in, like, five minutes of actual real time. And it's that's a different kind of game. Well, but, for sure. Um, the last four road games, the Packers have played good teams in meaningful situations at the Chargers last year coming off the bye. Okay. At the Niners. Right, we were in Punta Cana that at year. At the Niners in the conference championship game, yep. and now this game. They've gotten their ass kicked. 
double-digit losses in all of them, and the last three haven't even been close. That's why, a little concerning, why, wouldn't you think? Why would you classify this as more of a meaningful game than the road game against the Saints? In because the Saints didn't have all their guys. Okay, the Saints were missing their best, their one A, one B offensive player. This was the I, I had texted you when we were going back and forth. This was for sure the best game Tampa had played all year, for sure. and it was for sure the worst game the Packers had played all year. So. I don't think you can make a referendum on each team one way or the other. Agreed. But Tampa's got a very good defense, and they finally got their offensive guys back. Godwin was back. Mm-hmm. Gronk looks like a NFL player again. Well, That's it ta- huge. It takes a Green Bay defense to make a tight end look really good. And it took him a month to get back into yeah, shape. for sure. You know, and, and the line for Tampa played. I mean, dude, watching them against the Bears and then watching them against See, the Packers, it was like and that's, two different lines. That's what I don't understand. Like, you, you, even before Bakhtiari got hurt, I don't know why Green Bay had such a problem protecting Aaron Rodgers when everybody— I'm talking the O-line. I know. I'm, I'm yeah, about to go there. Yeah. But, like, conversely— the O-line for Green Bay had such a problem protecting Rodgers when they were supposed to be a cut above everybody else. Yeah. Defensively, for for the Packers, nobody could get home. because Tam- And Tampa Bay's line has allowed him to get, uh, ready oh, yeah. to get smacked all year. Yeah. And now one of the strengths that we've seen for Green Bay against bad offensive lines is rushing the passer. Mm-hmm. What happened? I don't know. How did all of a sudden that not be effective? Well, and Tampa was one of the is like the most penalized team in the league. I don't think they had any, none. They had like one or two. Oh, right. No, you you didn't have much. So you know, every it was just it's one of those things where everything went right for Tampa yeah. and everything went wrong for Green Bay. But the the only caveat to that is everybody said the same thing last year when they came home from San Francisco. Mm-hmm. So you know, is this Packer defense? something that you can lean on against good teams, I'm not sure. Something that still grinds my gears, and it happened multiple times, and I just don't know why because it's against such an accomplished quarterback. And and you see it other times from other defensive coordinators, and I would just like somebody that knows more about football scheming than me, and I will admit I don't know much. Why would you give... Tom Brady an opportunity more time to throw the ball by rushing only three guys. Sometimes there was a couple of plays they only sent two. Like you're really, I mean, I guess it would have to be. I would rather drop more guys seven or eight in coverage and yeah. and hope that I can get a hand on a ball as a but. I, I'm with you. Like the dude's 43, he can't move. I'm bringing the house all the time, right? And and, if, the, and this line. Has shown that it's not very good right. and, if, and will hold you. And yes, do, and if you, you know, say that it starts up front, then why are you just forfeiting that? And you got your main, you got your guy back, Kenny Clark. Kenny Clark, too, that was so. his first game back. You you didn't see Preston Smith has been completely off the radar all season. Yeah. Zadarius didn't have a great game. You had nobody else on the line that was really doing anything, and it's like that. You're, I mean, you're absolutely right. The line hasn't been able to block. Brady is slow. Where are all these corner blitzes, outside rushes, inside bull rushes? There was none of that. And then Ronald Jones yeah, all of a sudden looks like freaking Barry Sanders. I don't, I don't know. <laughs> He's like Mostert last year. It's like, who's this guy? I don't know. I don't know. I You know, it's it's one game. Yeah. That it seems like from all the comments, and there were quite a few bombs dropped in a lot of the player Zoom calls on 
um, on Monday that they had to bleep out when they sent all the stations. Seems like the players are pretty pissed. Well, I think so, they should be. They should be kind of embarrassed. Yes, I mean, dude, look, the NFL, and I heard, uh, I heard on a different podcast. I can't remember who said it. The NFL totally rigged their uh, the TV ratings on Sunday. For this game. Of course. There's well, only two games in the afternoon. And the other one was the Jets. The other one was the Jets-Dolphins. You told Joe Buck, hey, you can't go do game seven of the LCS. We want you to do week six of this We've got Brady, Brady Rogers, Rogers right. game. And then it's a complete disaster. Dud. Yes. No, that's right. So I, I'm i done with this one. I'll I'll be curious to see what happens in, in, I in Houston. It. Well, of course you do. <laughs> you kidding me? I liked it. Of course you did. It's the only time in my life I've ever cheered for Tom Brady. Um, some of the other week six stuff, the end of the Tennessee Houston game was hilarious because you had Watson out for the coin flip in overtime. And immediately when Tennessee wins, he just throws up his arms and turns around like, oh, well, we know what's going to happen now. I, I just, I just laughed because you had somebody who knows what's been happening and what's going to happen. You feel bad, but it's like, well, what are we going to do now? We're screwed, man. I don't know if I've ever seen anybody like Derrick Henry. I mean, that dude is a freight train. He had a 95-yard touchdown run, and he had like a 60-yard reception. One of my buddies sent me some of his high school tape. I mean, when he lined up in the the shotgun there in overtime (laughs) on like the four, what are you going to do there? Nothing. You got no shot. He is is a four-yard per carry guy. The only chance you have is guessing the same play on Tecmo Super Bowl. And the whole line rushes in. Yeah, that, that's right. That's the only hope that you yeah, have. He's he's a hell of a player, man. And I'll tell you what, that team is really good. Um, you know, Deshaun Watts, Watson and Houston, they got a lot of what – they. he's going to put points up, especially because they're always behind, so they're throwing. Their defense is trash. And uh, I, I, I think Aaron Rodgers is going to feel a lot uh, – the whole Packer offense is going to get real healthy next Let's week. Let's hope so. Playing this, this team. But Tennessee's legit. I mean, I thought last year them getting to the AFC title game was kind of fluky. It ain't that fluky. They're good. They're really well coached. Tannehill, I mean, talk about an indictment on Adam Gase. Right. That's right. I mean, that was your guy down in Miami for a couple years, and you didn't do shit with him. You basically ran him out of town, Mm -hmm. and now he's probably in the MVP conversation. I mean, Right now what he's doing. I mean, it'd be hard to get over Derrick Henry on your own team, but... Yeah, well. who's, who's more important to that team right now in a quarterback league? Is it Derrick Henry? I know who's more important to my fantasy team, Derrick Henry. God. Yes, sir. 6-0, and oh, laces out. <laughs> uh, I, I didn't watch anything but, um, but the Bears and the Packers, but I was watching the ticker, and I think I texted you, and I, didn't, I wanted to know what was happening to the Colts because they were losing – for quite a while to Cincinnati before it was twenty-one they, to nothing. Yeah, they came back and pulled it out of their ass. I thought it was the uh, the funeral for uh, Philip Rivers. For, for Phil Rivers, and then he comes back and plays awesome and wins the game. So who knows? That Colt team, man, they're I don't know what to make of them. Like, are they good or yeah, they? right? Like, I guess it's kind of like the Bears. It's like Phil Rivers can have these drives like right. foals where you're like, holy shit, still got it, and then other times he's just he can't even move. <laughs> um. Mike Zimmer survived the bye week. Was he? How was he not fired immediately? You give up the first win to the Falcons. Shouldn't the general manager be fired for giving Kirk Cousins a contract extension? That was a great. Please tell me that was a joke. 
the GoFundMe page. Oh, yeah, yeah. God, that was funny. What what was he owed? $78 million or something like that? Yeah, and he, had, and he had 10 bucks so far. But, no, seriously, I mean, Mike Zimmer, I think, has proven that he's a, he's a solid NFL head coach. I don't think he's great. He's not awful. Your, your quarterback is trash. That's what I mean. You've got to have good players. And so much, so far you've done good things with the defense. Offensively, you got a couple of guys. You got Cook that Jefferson's going to oh, be he's a, a stud. good guy. You got Rudolph at tight end. But other than that, if it's a quarterback league and your quarterback's Kirk Cousins, you're not, you're just not going to go far. No. Period. And and it's got to be really frustrating to play with him. He's kind of Cutler-esque. He's not as mopey and detached no, as no, Cutler. You're right. But he's one of those guys where, like, boy, I bet he'd drive you nuts if if he was your teammate. <laughs> like watching film on Monday morning. Because you're you just come like, in what and you watch, the fuck what are you that? doing? What? Pause it. What are you thinking right there? Right? That's that. Those are the instances yeah, that, that I, mean, I would think that you would have to go through. And and then when he explains it to you, you maybe you look at like, how'd you get there? Yeah, I I, I don't know. I don't it, know. It's fine with me because they're in the, in the division and it makes. My but they're wife done. Irritated. I mean, they're one in five. They they're done. Um, I if I were them, I don't. I think they're. I think at the end of the day, they have too much talent to be really, really, really bad. Where they could be in the Trevor Lawrence sweepstakes, but. Yeah. Boy, I'd be trying to get down there. I don't Wouldn't know who you think right I don't, now. I don't know who Minnesota's backup quarterback no even is, um, but I don't know. They're they're not good. How did the Patriots lose to the Broncos? Didn't see a second of that game. Yeah. I think it was all field goals. Just ugly. <laughs> that's, but that's amazing. I mean, I guess you give New England a little bit of a break. They, you know, Cam coming off of COVID, right. mm-hmm. and they had the bye week and stuff. But that, I mean, that Denver team's not very good. No, and and everybody just. Everybody's hurt. Yeah, I mean, I think Drew Locke came back, but he's not impressive. So, how did the Giants beat Washington? That's the second Couldn't game. You, I told you that there was nothing in a, in this planet that could get me to watch that shitstorm. Not a chance. <laughs> okay, so one point when they're what? What are the right? Do you all, the, I, all I do know is that Riverboat Ron went for two at the end of the game and they didn't get it. That's right. That's and, all I know. And, and he said he wanted to win, yeah. and there was. And I don't blame him. What no, the hell difference does it make? It doesn't. But at this point, you've got. And, and Truthfully, it's probably better because they're in the Trevor Lawrence sweepstakes I mean. too. And now the Giants, who are also they're maybe in it, depending on how much they like Daniel Jones. I mean, yeah, I don't know about that. Um, ball, Philly put up a good, and weren't they beating the Ravens for a little bit? No, and, well, and, 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 maybe and, early, okay. but this is another team in Philadelphia. Like Carson Wentz, I watched the some of the fourth quarter of that game. Carson Wentz much maligned. That team has nobody. Miles Sanders and Zach Ertz both got hurt in that game. He's throwing the dudes off the street, man. Somebody tweeted out today, and they listed all the offensive weapons at running back, receiver, tight end. And you just look at the list, and you're like, this is garbage. And then at the bottom was like, tell me why Carson Wentz is the problem again. People tell people say Giannis needs some help. Fucking Carson Wentz needs some help. <laughs> Uh, Pittsburgh absolutely annihilated the Browns and said, we have had enough of that nonsense. Talk about front runners, Cleveland yeah. Browns, mm-hmm. Cleveland Browns. Yeah, man. they Pitt- got Pittsburgh's good. They got smacked. They lost their, uh, their stud linebacker Bush. Sounds like maybe for the year. Um, but that's a good team. Lions beat the Jaguars. I, I think that was the Stafford game. He has those about every third game. Stafford mm-hmm. has a good game and they win. Jets get shut out by the Dolphins, and right now they're three and three. 
Um, we're going to get a, a start by Tua. Why? I don't know. I said the same thing. I don't. You're three and three. You're second place in your division, and you're like you're you're in the mix for the playoffs. Yeah. And you're not in the Trevor Lawrence sweepstakes. And and your quarterback has not been terrible. I think he's got 10 touchdowns, 7 interceptions. He's completing 70% of his passes, and you're benching him. Yeah, it's weird. I don't, it's I don't weird. understand that. But that's, and I'm sure the fans are okay with that because they're probably frothing yeah. for Tua. Yeah. But it, it seemed a little early. I thought, for, for you sure. know, maybe Whaley or 3-5. and five, Right. Something like that. Or, but, or he has a horrendous 4-5 or five pick game. Right. Something like that. Um, you mentioned that the the Niners beat the Rams. That, that was kind of like was in win, must yeah, win. That was mode. a season on the line game for the Niners. And then a double dip on Monday night. Uh, we talked about the Chiefs running all over the Bills, running more than they passed. Um, and then the Cardinals. Man, I don't know if this is is this what you had talked about at the beginning, where Arizona might be good, even though they've had a couple of losses. Arizona might be good, or is da- are the wheels just coming off in Dallas now that Dak is gone? And the, and the wheels were kind of off when Dak was in, and now you've got Andy Dalton, who is not—he's not a slouch. But Zeke put it on the deck a couple of times. Then you've got one of the players talking to the media who said that you know the coaching staff doesn't prepare them; they can't adjust on the fly. They're just not ready to play on game days, and then when shit goes bad. They just poop themselves. Well, I think Arizona has a good defense. I think they're number two in the NFL right now. Okay. Um, so that's that's legit. I think offensively, you know, Kyler Murray is one of those guys that he's going to have some clunkers because he's little and he's, does, he's not the greatest decision maker, but he can also have some monster games. So, you know, if they won, I think they're 4-2 right now. If they're 9-7, they're 10-6 and, and kind of team, the Cowboys are just a mess and – I, any player that's ragging on the coaches, first of all, put your name on it, you pussy. If you're gonna if you're gonna come out and shoot your mouth off, put your name on it. And second of all, you ought to be looking upstairs at the Joneses. Um, I don't know what Mike McCarthy is supposed to do when your center has to retire, your All Pro center Travis Frederick has to retire. You lose both of your tackles. You your quarterback's foot falls off. Then last night during the game, you lose Zach Martin, who's your best lineman left. I watched a little bit of that game. Every time I saw the Cowboys with the ball, Andy Dalton was running for his life. Um, Zeke fumbling twice doesn't help anything. The defense has no they're, – they're awful. So I don't know what exactly you think that the coaching staff is supposed to turn this shit sandwich into a apple pie. Go talk to Jerry Jones and Stephen Jones. They built the roster. The coaches didn't. Where are the players? And are you going to finally figure out in the NFL? And I'm curious to see what ends up happening in another year or two with the Saints because they did the same thing. Why did you give all that money to Amari Cooper when you have Gallup and then you draft Lamb? Mm-hmm. And why are you giving $100 million to a running back? Where are the teams in the NFL that have had success doing this? Where are they? It, it doesn't make any sense. You have to build your defense and build your line, and you already have your quarterback. The rush should be easy. Right. But they've created it hard because Jerry Jones is really the new Al Davis. He just wants stars. Al Davis like big names and fast guys. Jerry Jones wants guys that he can that he thinks are stars. 
So he can call his buddies like, see who I signed? Yeah, I remember when he signed Dion and gave Dion all that money back after Dion had already not given a fuck because he won his Super Bowl and was playing baseball, yep, and he was like, whatever. Yeah. But he was Dion. He wanted a star. So I don't know. I, I think Mike McCarthy, unfortunately for him, I wouldn't be shocked if he was only here for a year. Oh, man. That that whole franchise is a is a mess. That's and 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 it's completely unfair. The only thing I lay at his feet is his the hiring of his staff, mm-hmm. specifically the D coordinator. But Kellen Moore, who's their offensive coordinator, that's Jason anything. Garrett and Jerry Jones's guy. That's not Mike McCarthy. Mike McCarthy is the, the play caller. Like like I, I I absolve Kellen Moore out of everything because I'm sure McCarthy came in. He's like, yeah, I'll keep you on the staff. But he doesn't want him there. But th- that's what I mean. It's like, yeah, I'll keep you on the staff. You're not going to do anything. He got forced on him. Yeah, it's like what we talked about with last week with GMs wanting their own coaches yep. and stuff. Coaches want their own coaches. Right, and and if, if you're a defensive-minded coach and you want the offensive coordinator to control the game, that's one thing. Yes. But that's not Mike McCarthy's M.O. No. The play calling and the playbook and the scheming and everything, that's him. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of where Lafleur is with Hackett. That's why you don't hear a lot about Hackett. You do occasionally, but... He's not responsible for anything. It's Lafleur, yeah, and it's the same situation in Dallas, and that's the, I'm sure it's like that a couple of other places as well. But it just depends on on what coach you have. Mm-hmm. Um, so we talked about the Browns, Vikings are done, Philly, Dallas, they're a mess. Um, San Fran's got a heartbeat, and then uh, Buffalo. Buffalo's we, good, we but mentioned, but they're in that next year. Yeah, you think. I mean they that that was a. 26-17 score last night. It wasn't that close. Mm-hmm. I mean, they kind of got manhandled. Um, but they're they're good. I still think they're going to win that division, but they're not they're not up with KC in Baltimore. All right, let's go to week 7. Oh, oh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> We're back to the Thursday night suck fest. Sorry for that dry heave on and the it air there. Starts with the Giants and Philly. Okay, I'm just going to look around the room. You've got Minnesota on the bye. You've got the Giants, Philly, both with one win. You've got the Falcons with one win. The Jets are winless. See, the the, the Texans only have one win. Uh, there's Jacksonville and the Chargers. They each have one win. There's about half a dozen teams right now that are in the in for the Trevor Lawrence oh, sweepstakes. Yeah. And this is a good indication on Thursday night football of two of those teams, Giants and Philly. Maybe. Maybe, depending Maybe. on what they feel. But... If they get that top spot and they still like their quarterback, you can probably parlay that for oh, yeah. a big haul. I mean, I so even wa- if you don't wa- want the quarterback, Washington, Atlanta, yes, the Jets and the Jags. I would say those are the four teams that right. need the quarterback. Herbert's the most. your guy with the Chargers. Herbert's your guy. Yep. Deshaun Watson. You just gave a bunch of money. Yep. Um, Burrow, Cincinnati's your you got, guy. Yep, you got him. I think. I mean, I don't know. It'd be really hard to walk away from Carson Wentz. And they're paying him a lot of money. So I don't know how you get off of that contract. Well, but then then you stick with him and you make sure you get a whole lot in exchange if you got, you know, whatever. But upright I mean, upright human beings that can run routes would be nice. Not Elshon Jeffrey's corpse. <laughs> upright human beings that can run routes. Yeah, that, that's Excellent. help that's helpful on a football field. I mean, you, like, you, you need those. Sound like Coach O there for a second. Yes. So that's your Thursday night matchup. I'm gonna watch it because it's football. I'm hoping there's a baseball game on that night. Right. That's what I'm praying for. I'm, of course. I, <laughs> I I would imagine that. There's another one that's yeah, Detroit and Atlanta. I mean the funny thing is if Detroit wins and and they're at three and three, they're not dead. Right. Um and that but that could be another Stafford game. 
Yeah. Where, where we, you you could you could have a lot of points. Atlanta's just Atlanta's kind of like the Vikings. I mean, it's kind of funny they played the other day, but they both just have they have talent, but they're they're shitty. Well, why? Why? I don't know. Well, I mean, I know why with the Vikings, their well, quarterback well, is garbage, right. and Atlanta doesn't have much of a D, but. I don't know. That's a weird, weird team. Browns looking to bounce back in another battle of Ohio against yeah. the Bengals. Good luck, Joe Burrow. Whatever. I think Miles Garrett's going to be all over you. This, I think, is probably without looking at the rest, just scanning. Blah, 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 blah. Okay, Seattle and Arizona could be could be decent, but game th- of the week. Game of the week. Yeah. Steelers and Titans. Is this a noon start or have they flexed that? It's a noon the- right now. I don't know why you wouldn't put that in the well, end, but it's but it's East Coast. On, uh, it's Eastern time. Who's going to have the late game this week? I don't know. If it's CBS, they might move it. If right. it's Fox, I don't think they can. Um, but a battle of five and O teams uh, that that one I will watch. Mm-hmm. I mean, if I can, absolutely. Um, any any preconceived notions? No. Okay. I I, <laughs> I, I think I'd go with Tennessee just because they're at home and they're going to have a few fans. Okay. All right. Fair enough. Uh, Carolina and New Orleans, Breeze and Bridgewater. Okay, I mean that. Michael Thomas should be back. Okay, so we'll see what kind of boost that gives their offense. Buffalo and the Jets. Zero and seven. New York. Yeah. It's after that, Dallas and Washington. Now this is a rivalry of two crap teams. It's a battle for first place. What are you talking about? Are you kidding me? Well, Dallas is two and four, and they're in first. Everybody four, else one, is a Washington, game behind. One and five. Who else is who? Who am I? Giants, Philly, and Washington. Giants. They all got one win. Battle for first place. That's horrible. It's the the giant Philly game. They're combined two nine and one, and the winner's going to be tied with the Cowboys. <laughs> it's like we're laughing, but that is just, so bad. It's despicable. So bad. It's, it's so bad. Packers looking to bounce back. Houston one and five. That's going to be. A, I just think that if the Packers get up early, that's going to be a romp. Really? They have Houston has no D. All right. Yeah, but I mean, neither does Green Bay, really. I mean, yeah. could 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 this be another one where Green Bay's D doesn't show up and Watson just kills you? I don't know. Yeah, but Rodgers isn't going to play that bad again. Okay. Um, this should be another yeah. good one. Probably, yeah. probably your tier two game, five and zero Seahawks against the against the Cardinals. I'm it's definitely, in Arizona. I'm definitely watching that game in the late mm-hmm. late block for sure. Um, five and one Chiefs against two and three Broncos. I think that should be a – I mean, it's still mile high, but – It's not what it it's is. It's not a very good team, Denver. Um, San Francisco and New England, any – like, last year, great. Mm-hmm. Let's watch. Now it's like three and three, really, two and three. Really big game for both teams. I mean, the, with the NFC West being as good as it is, the Niners can't keep, you know, hovering around 500. And if New England loses, I don't know when the last time they've been two games under 500. I mean, the Dolphins are ahead of them right now, even with the bye mm-hmm. in the East, and, yeah. and and so are the Bills. So, um, Chargers, this should be to me a, a good game for Herbert to really do something. It'll it'll actually probably be a pretty entertaining game, even though it doesn't mean anything, and both teams are bad. Two and nine combined records, but it could be a fun game to watch. And I mean, it's late, so mm-hmm. uh, Buccaneers and uh, the Raiders on the, the Gruden Bowl Sunday, right? His former team, yeah. yep. And he's and he's facing Brady. And then Monday night, we mentioned the Bears and the Rams. You talked about that already. Uh, four. We only had two buys last or yeah. last week, correct? Yeah. Okay, or two weeks ago, whatever it was. Uh, so Indy, Miami, Minnesota, and Baltimore are all on the buy. 
and that is about 45 minutes of I mean, is there anything left over you de- that, that we didn't hit on? I don't think so. For the NFL? I think we got it. To Baseball World Series is starting tonight. I, Al talked about it this morning on the sports. The, the Dodgers are second in Major League Baseball in payroll. The Rays are, I think, 28th. I think there's $74, $79 million separating them. Wow. In payroll. That's but, all. but Tampa Bay has been... A really solid team, and and we and both championship series were wildly entertaining. They were. Um, I've enjoyed watching it, partly because I don't have a dog in the fight, which is a little. I mean, as much you as you like baseball. the Brewers to be there, it has been fun to just watch some baseball. Um, were you actively rooting against anybody? The Astros. Yeah, I was rooting. I I wanted a Braves Rays so series I. if I had my choice. Um, I don't like the Dodgers, but I don't hate the Dodgers. Like, I'm just tired. I like a lot of the guys on their team. If Mookie they're, if Betts they're, is so good. But if their jersey, if the front of their jersey said Marlins on it, I wouldn't hate them. You know, it's just I don't like the Dodgers because it, they're they're an LA team and they tend to try to buy titles. But I like Bellinger and Seager and Betts and Muncie and Kershaw and Bueller. Like, guys are good, man. I I, I enjoy watching them. Mm-hmm. Um. I got the Dodgers in five. Okay, I just think they wow. got I got they got too much offense. That's dominating. Yeah, okay. I think uh, I think getting out of that Atlanta, it's one of those things where it's like they're the best team, and now that they've got to the World Series, I think they'll win. It was kind of like Golden State a couple years ago when the Rockets almost beat them. It's, they just kind of just need to get to the round that really matters because the Dodgers have what is it their third World Series in four years now, and they haven't won yet. Um, but man, baseball is just not that entertaining to watch overall. It's just the same. It's the same thing. Every game it's how do you mean? Everybody throws 98. Everybody's trying to uppercut the baseball. It's either a homer or a strikeout or a double play or a double play. (laughs) Um, when's the last time you saw a double steal? In a baseball game, no. doesn't happen. Nobody, you got the shift on. Guys Everything, won't, guys won't bunt. Everybody is shifting. You can't yeah. do it the other way. You can't lay one down. The I lines. just my the saber metrics is just kind of made baseball very very vanilla because it's more of an analytical game now. It's yeah. not just letting guys' talent and just I, show up. I heard Dan Patrick was ranting about this this morning, and the four guys that work for him were are are our age. And they were they're more on the saber metric side. They are. And he was just kinda like baseball's more fun when there's it's fun when there's movement. He's like, What's the most he goes, What's the most exciting play in baseball? And they're all like home run. And he's like, No, it's the triple. It's watching a guy have to run all the way full speed from home plate to third and watch the guys in the outfield try to throw him out. Like, that's fun. Watching a guy uppercut one and hit a home run and trot around the bases, it's like We've seen that. We've seen guys hit 70 homers before. We've seen guys hit it off the top of the scoreboard, these you know, these jacked-up muscle men. It's like I personally don't find it that entertaining. Um, I like it because it adds runs. I like the 2-1. to one, I like 2-1 to one baseball in the playoffs. Do you? I don't want 9-7. to seven. Okay. Like that's supposed to happen in May, not in October. Um, before pitchers start hitting their yeah, stride. Yeah, man. Sure. It's, it's just – I don't know, and it, it, it shows our age because we, you know, baseball, like basketball and football, really all of them, they were played a different way 20 years ago than they are now, and 
you know. I wonder, you know, I don't have kids and you don't have boys, so, we're, you know, neither one of us are involved in, like, youth baseball. But, mm-hmm. like, is striking out okay in in that? I don't know. I don't like, know. You know that's, like, that's a good question. Like, when we were kids, like, the worst thing as a little leaguer was to strike out yes. and have to walk back to the dugout. Like, does that matter to kids anymore? Is that a big deal? Because guys in the major leagues strike out all the time and they don't seem to give a shit. That's a good question. And we know a high school baseball coach. Yeah, I mean, I would be curious to know I'll that. I'll ask Campy that tomorrow morning. Yeah. Just, just out of curiosity, I know he's mostly, uh, you know, the catcher, the the catcher pitcher relationship with the battery, and he calls the. Pitches, well, yeah, but, but he's played baseball his whole life. Right, as kids, a college baseball player, like, right. Does and, your kid give a shit if he strikes out three times in a game? Does that matter? But or if he walked once, is that like going one for four? Does it even matter? Right. You know. Or is is it is it about getting on base? Or no matter how you got yeah. there, is that just a pro thing? Is that a trickle-down thing? I'd, I'm, I'd be curious to know that. Hmm. Well, you got a couple of uh, you got a couple of stats com- comparisons between Kershaw and Maddox. I just think it's weird how mediocre Clayton Kershaw has been in his career in the playoffs. He's one of the best left-handed pitchers of our lifetime, for sure. I mean, probably him and Randy Johnson mm-hmm. would probably be the two best. And in the playoffs... He's had 35 starts in the playoffs, which is basically the equivalent of one full season. He's 11 and 12 with a 4.31 ERA, which is over two points higher than his career average. It's really bizarre. I don't know what you would even put your finger on with that. And it got me thinking, and the guy that popped into my head that was one of the best pitchers of our lifetime that was not great in the playoffs was Maddox. And he in 35 starts was 11 and 14 so two more losses 3.27 ERA so not not terrible so he wasn't allowing pretty close much. to in line yeah. with his career average but 11 and 14 like Maddox was a guy that would go like 19 and 4 during the regular season all the time mm-hmm. you know so i don't know it's kind of i guess i i guess i never i never noticed on all those Braves teams when he would throw you know who the, the best guy in the playoffs was it was Smoltz. He threw the hardest. And I wonder if that's the thing with a guy like Kershaw. Like, Walker Bueller throws 98-99. That Urias kid's throwing high 90s. Kershaw throws 92-94. I don't know. Is that, is, that a, is that the determining factor? It's just kind of weird that he's that great. He's going to go down as one of the great lefties of all time. He's a first ballot Hall of Famer. But, but he's you- just very average in the playoffs. But you, but you know what? Everybody pumps it up like, oh, Kershaw's throwing tonight. And, like, anybody who looks at that line and be like, okay. And it and it works in reverse. Like, Kurt Schilling was a good but not great regular season pitcher, but his playoff numbers are off the charts. So I don't know what to make of it. It's weird. Um, Kershaw, I like him. If they had to win the title, I wouldn't be pissed if he got a ring just because he's been such a good player. But... I just thought that was kind of interesting. I, I, I like the breakdown. I like that you had yeah. time to look that up. It took like a whole six minutes. <laughs> baseball reference <laughs> baseball, is a thing of beauty. Reference. That's right. All right, a couple of NBA notes. Um, you can take it from here. I mean, I know I mentioned to you that I saw that the uh, that the Rockets GM, the guy who pissed off uh, China, he's gone. And then I did see the uh, Bogdanovich rumors for the Bucks, and I don't know what that means. Um, there was a story today that was just kind of fluffy that, you know, if the Bucks offer Giannis the Supermax this year, the extension, and he turns it down, 
they're still going to hang on to him for an extra year to play out the rest of his contract. What I, I was like, okay, that's not a newsflash even for somebody like me rather than getting rid of him for what you would try to turn into a boatload of the next, you know, young talent in Milwaukee. Right. Well, I mean, is this guy going to be one of the dudes that could really help the team? Possibly. Um, well, let's start with the, the Clippers finally hired Ty Lue. They okay. gave him a five-year deal. Okay, I don't know that he's going to be any different than Doc Rivers. He, guy? Um, he was on Doc Rivers' staff. He coached Cleveland to a title when yep. they had LeBron and Kyrie and, and Kevin Love. So, congrats. Um, we'll see. You know, Can he get Kawhi Leonard to not be a robot and actually kind of be a little bit of a leader? <laughs> I don't know. Greg Popovich couldn't get that out of him, so I'm not sure Lou can. But who cares about the Clippers? Uh, yeah, like you said, Maury, Maury leaving the Rockets, it was a mutual parting. He, they made sure he didn't get fired. And I think there's been some talk that he might stay on in some kind of a different capacity. But um, it's a weird one. You know, he had a lot of rope to try to build that team. They spent a lot of money. Uh, the guy that owns the team, Tillman Fertitta, he is a... Restaurant, hotel, casino guy, which are the three things in the last six months that have been absolutely decimated. Right, by COVID. So maybe you might see a rocket, a little bit of a Rockets teardown this year. Hmm. Maybe try to get rid of Westbrook um, once once the offseason starts. I don't know. Maybe try to you know remodel the team because the Rockets have kind of been the forerunner of all these teams in the NBA with the analytics stuff. And they've gotten close. But they've never been able to get over the hump, and maybe they want to change directions. I don't know. Um, I don't think the China thing played into this. I know there was some talk about that. I, I just think that is that too th- far removed. Yeah. Well, I just think that this, you know, sometimes stuff just runs its course. Right. You know, Daryl Morey had been with and had Harden as his guy, and since I think 2013, and so it's a pretty good stretch of trying to win a title. They couldn't get it done, and I guess it's time to move on. So. Okay. Um, the Buck thing is interesting. So Bogdanovich, uh, European kid, obviously plays for the Kings. He's a restricted free agent, which means um, the Bucks could offer him a contract. The Kings have the opportunity to match it. Mm-hmm. The Bucks do not have the cap room to really offer him, so it would have to be some kind of a sign and trade. That's where it gets a little messy. You got to match up contracts. I wouldn't be surprised if there was a pick involved in that. Um, he's a good young player. He's kind of, oh, I would say Chris Middleton light. Um, he, you know, good shooter, good ball handler, but I don't think he's a guy that necessarily would take them over the top. Okay. It'd be a nice piece, but not not probably a guy that you know you're going to say, boy, good thing they got him. He's the reason they won the title. Right. They have been linked to, and I'm not too surprised by this. They have been linked to Victor Oladipo. On the Pacers, okay. um, he's in the last year of his deal. I think he's got about twenty million left on his contract. Um, the Bucks and the Pacers, their owners have a very good relationship. They facilitated the Brogdon deal last year, and the yep. Pacers were very upfront with the Bucks of, "Hey, we want to sign him. We're going to offer him a contract. We're fully willing to compensate you for it." And they were able to work out a deal. Um, Oladipo's really good. He's been an All Star. Problem is, he blew out his. I think it was his patella. Two years ago, uh, he came back mid-season this year. Didn't look the same. Then they had the stoppage. 
came back in the pandemic or in the uh, in the bubble, didn't play particularly well. So it's a risky move. I'm not sure what you'd have to give up to get him. Um, but if it worked out, he would really, really be a big upgrade to their backcourt. Um, like I said, he's a former all-star. He's still relatively young. I think he's 27, 28 maybe. Um, and it would be a one-year flyer. If it worked out, maybe you look to do something long-term. Probably not because of his injury history. And then that's your worry if you do make a trade for him is, can this guy hold up? What is the timeline right now for the draft and free agency? Like, when does all that start? The draft is November 18th. Okay. Uh, I would. I haven't seen anything that said anything definitive about free agency. I would guess probably early December okay. that they will that will open up. Um, you know, as far as the Giannis thing goes, yes, the Bucks are not going to. Nothing's going to happen with Giannis in the next this season. Um. Unless he demanded a trade, which he is not going to do because I don't think he wants to get traded, do you, frankly. Do you think they're going to offer him? Oh, just, 100% they're going to offer him. No, I mean this year. Yes. Ahead of time. Yes. And he's just going to turn it down and, it, he's, and, he, and he's going to wait. I think it's probably the smart decision because he's going to get it anyway. And it's going to depend on what happens with the cap going forward because with everybody losing money right. this year, it's the gonna... NBA doesn't even know what the salary cap is going to be for this upcoming year yet. Mm-hmm. So. That's going to factor in. But whatever the max is, they're offering it to him tomorrow. The first day they can, they're going to offer it to him. He probably should turn it down, honestly, um, and and see what the Bucks do as a, as a franchise with some of the moves they make. If he's considering leaving, there's all this speculation that he wants to leave or he's going to leave. He hasn't said anything or given any indication that I've ever seen that he's looking elsewhere. So... There's a lot of pressure on the Bucks. There's no trade out there like what the Lakers did with Anthony Davis where the team that trades Davis can get back. You can add a top ten yeah. player. Lonzo Ball, Brandon Ingram, those guys were both number two picks in the draft that the Lakers had and then some other stuff that they were able to trade for Davis. That's not out there for Giannis. So, you know, could you trade him to Philly for Embiid? Okay. What does that do for either team? I'm not sure. So I think they're going to end up riding this out the whole way, kind of like Oklahoma City did with Durant, like the Cavs did with LeBron the first time, and hope that in the next two years you can make the finals, win a title, and or convince Giannis to stay by making the requisite moves. It's going to be tough. They're cash-strapped with the cap. There's not a lot of moves they can make. Bloodsoul's the obvious guy that you'd like to move. If you do, what do you do at point guard? I don't think you want to start George Hill. Um, and so if you're trading Bloodsoul, you would hope to get a point guard in return. I don't know right now who that is. It's not going to be Chris Paul. I can I can promise you that. He just too much money, and I heard the other day there's some locker room concerns with him. Chris Paul is the all-time Napoleon short man's complex <laughs> and it's part of what has made him a great player because he's six feet tall and he's thrived for 15 years in the NBA. That's hard to do when you're a little guy, but you're going to bring him into a locker room. That's very tight and has a clear leader in Giannis. I'm not sure that the bucks are super comfortable with that dynamic and you're paying him 40 million a year. So I think the bucks will make a couple moves. I think they will be small and maybe underwhelming 
to the casual fan that thinks, oh, we got to go out and get, you know, we got to go out and get a Jimmy Butler type guy. Well, they're not for sale right now. So um, we'll see. Everybody just needs to calm down about Giannis, though. <laughs> Nothing is going to happen here. I'm in the following your lead, so when I hear any sort of speculation or I read a story, it's just one of those things where I'm just basically Dude, ignoring it. Honestly, if I'm a team like the Clippers or the Bucks that was really, really good this year and was a title contender and flamed out in the bubble, I don't really even know that I'm going to make that big a deal out of it because everything that went on the bubble was just weird. Like, the whole thing with Miami. Right. What conclusions can you draw Like, if, if from you play that? in home arenas with full stands, I don't know that Miami wins the uh, the East. I don't know that the Lakers win the West. Um, I just, I think that you got to be careful to not panic if you're the Bucks, but at the same time, you can't be complacent. So, something's going to happen. I just think that if it's a guy like Bogdanovich, a lot of fans are going to go, "Who the hell is that?" <laughs> and they're going to they're going to be underwhelmed by it. I've heard the name. I mean, I I, I couldn't tell. I couldn't even have I'll told you. you I'll who tell he you who he's for. a little similar to. He's a little shorter version, and a, and I think a little more athletic version of Miritich. Okay, okay. If, if that gives yep, you a little perspective, he's, Bogdanovich, I think is six seven. Miritich is six ten. But, but it's it's one of those they names. They can shoot. They can put it on the floor. It's one of those names that I heard, like, okay, they add him, and I I was just kind of like, all right. Mm -hmm. But knowing what I know about who's in the league and what I don't know about who's good in the league, I know that you add that guy, and like you said, it doesn't give you the, we're winning it now. Right, right. You know, that that you don't automatically assume that just on that addition. The only guy that they could get that would probably do that to most people would be Paul, but it's not going to happen. All right, there's some NBA talk. We oh, had... one, one more thing Go I ahead. wanted to add. I, I thought this was really funny, and it, it just ties into the whole we talked about the GOAT thing last week a little bit with LeBron. Jared Dudley was on uh, Bill Simmons' podcast. Jared Dudley, former Buck, was on the Lakers, and he was. they were talking about um, you know LeBron and, and what were the guys doing during the bubble to kind of you know stay rested and, and this and that. And Dudley was talking about LeBron – would sleep in a hyperbaric chamber. He had a hyperbaric chamber brought into his hotel room, and he—that's what he slept in. And it just—and it, and it made me laugh because I got to thinking about it. I'm like, in the middle of a pandemic in 2020, LeBron James in the NBA playoff bubble is sleeping in a hyperbaric chamber. In 1965. When the Boston Celtics were in the title or were in the NBA Finals, Bill Russell couldn't even stay at the same hotel as the rest of his team. How the hell am I supposed to compare these guys as players when you're talking about the goat conversation? It's impossible. Mm-hmm. It's it is impossible. Like that's a really good... imagine if Magic and Michael were born in 1995. Okay, and 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 how competitive they are. So you get. By the time they're 10, they're getting skill training. They're eating. They're not eating all the garbage that normal kids eat. They're getting weight training, agility, all this stuff. They're shooting threes. Yes. Like, like what are these guys like if they play today? What the hell do you do with Shaq? If skinny Shaq is always... Remember Orlando Skinny yes. Shack, the dude that could get the rebound and basically do what Giannis does, except mm-hmm. at 300 pounds? 
That guy was that size his whole career. He's the greatest player ever. So it just made me laugh and it made me think about it like, you can't compare this stuff. He's sleeping in a hyperbaric chamber. Bill Russell was probably, he's seven feet tall. Will Chamberlain was seven feet tall. They were sleeping in six-foot beds, man. You go to a hotel in 1968, there ain't no, there ain't no giant bed for these guys. No. Their freaking knees are hanging off the bed. Like, it's just, it's insane. They're having to stack up the chairs and the and the ottomans at the end. For, just right, so you know they, what I'm saying? Like, yep, absolutely. Every shower. You got any laundry they, they baskets? Have, they have can, to basically uh, sit down to shower. Right. Where now, these guys, everything's customized. It's just, it just made me laugh because it's Bring so Bring your suitcases to my room. I got to stack it at the end of the bed. <laughs> right. <laughs> absolutely. No, that's that's really good. That's, that's really clever for you to come up with that. I mean, really. I thought it was funny. Um, college football, quick. The Badgers start this week. Uh, the Big Ten starts this week. Barry plays on Friday nights because, for some reason, that's what he likes Barry to do. Barry likes it. I guess. Um, and it's against Illinois. And you had mentioned we had some good some good chat about this right before we started recording. Um, well, the line is a three-touchdown favorite. I think that's what it was, 21 points. Yeah. For, for Wisconsin over Illinois, even though the Illini pulled, I would say, one of the top – upsets of college football mm-hmm. last year in beating Wisconsin. Mm-hmm. And you brought up a really good point. It's that may and, and lovey, you know, lovey brought it up, brought that up he too. Didn't like it. Yeah. Because you are coming off of a loss to Illinois. You lose the Doak Walker award winner in Jonathan Taylor. You lost your starting quarterback. You're starting a freshman and you lost an NFL wide, wide receiver. receiver. And a couple of outside linebackers that anchored your defense. And you're a three-touchdown favorite? And, I mean, I don't know what Illinois lost, but probably not anything that would make you say they're worse. It's not that list that Wisconsin had. No. no. I mean, it doesn't even come close. Yeah. So, you're right. It's probably a little bit unfair, especially coming out of the gates right away. I might take Illinois in that game. If I'm getting 21 points with no fans... Yeah, I don't I don't know. I I don't know what the over under is. That no fan thing is going to be interesting for some of these Big 10 teams cuz I mean, the Big 10 and the SEC I would say are the two correct. conferences that the stadiums matter. Yes. And with, now, now you're going to go to the big house, you're going to go to the horseshoe with nobody there. Right. I I think all of a sudden, you know, that's a couple of points swing in your favor. Um I I'm really I like Badger football. I really like watching the Badgers. I think probably more than I like watching the Packers. And I don't know what it is about that the the college game that I like more. Um, I can't explain it. It's just one of those things. So I'm really excited whether the team's going to play eight or nine games and they have a chance to go to a bowl or whether it's meaningless or you know whatever. I'm just glad to see the Badgers play again. Um, and I'm really curious to see what what happens. I'm one of those guys that, yeah, Cone was he was good. He didn't kill you. He didn't wow you either. Um, he was very efficient. I just am really curious to see what Mertz can do. I think everybody is. I mean, he was a big time recruit. I'm not anointing him. No, that he's no. going to be the greatest. Ba- he has a chance to be the greatest Badger in history. Well, I'm just. Fell. I mean, you're you can't. Russell Wilson played here. Come on. <laughs> I'm just really curious to see what kind of tools he has in his toolbox. Yeah, you know I, what I, I am mean? too. I am too. I um, heard a lot of good things about yes. him. So, 
The one thing I'm really cons- you just hope he's not Bart Houston 2.0. Oh, that would be disappointing. No man. knock on Bart. Every no. all accounts, he's a good dude, but he was the quarter. He was supposed to be. He was that supposed guy. to be that guy. Yeah. yeah, he was. I think he was the number three guy when they recruit him in the country or whatever. And it, I mean, Owen Daniels is a quarterback, and he turned into an NFL tight end. Right. So anything can happen at this point. But by all accounts, all the players are impressed with Mertz. Coaches aren't going to tell you anything different than, mm-hmm. than the fact that he's got skills and he's got stuff to work on. Yeah. That's pretty much the M.O. Yeah. Um, I'm really curious about th- a couple of the skill positions. Um, the the um, depth chart came out during the Packer game, and I saw at running back, RB1, Garrett Groshek. Your boy. Or Nikia Watson. Mm-hmm. But I just thought it was interesting that Groshek is listed first, and I don't know whether that's because he's the senior member of the squad. He's not the more talented. No. I can say that. He can probably do more for a guy like Paul Christ or Joel Rudolph that likes to have the running backs do things. Well, and maybe. Other than just take a handoff. And maybe with a young quarterback in there. You want a more veteran back there to help him out. Maybe he's better at pass pro. Yeah, Maybe yeah. he's better at swinging out of the backfield and catching the ball. I don't know what the deal is, but the, clearly the more explosive guys are Nikia Watson and Isaac Garendo, and then they got a couple of other freshmen. You got that Julius Davis guy from Menominee Falls and uh, Jalen Berger, the true freshman from New Jersey that they just recruited. All those guys, I would say would have the potential to be more explosive than Garrett Groshek, oh, who, yeah. who needs five yards to go over 1,000 for his Badger career. And he's going to be like the 48th guy to do Matt it. Matt Inertle would be proud. Right. Matt Bernstein would be proud. Those couple of guys. So, And then at wide receiver, you like, like you had mentioned, you lose an NFL caliber guy in Quintez Cephas. Mm-hmm. Danny Davis has been explosive but inconsistent. Kendrick Pryor can fly, but he hasn't exactly changed a game. He's taken a couple of jet sweeps. After that, you got a bunch of unproven guys. Jack Dunn, Taj Mustafa, and I, I can't even tell you anybody else that's going to catch the ball. And then you got tight end at Jake Ferguson. Mm-hmm. And hopefully the offensive line is good. You got a guy who came back out of retirement who was already penciled in as a starter. And Dietzen. Yeah, yeah, John yeah. Dietzen. So I'm just really curious to see what the offense can do. Um, I was really, really surprised that Keanu got first string nose tackle mm. over Bryson Williams, who's been injured the last couple yeah. of years. But Benton made a couple of star, a lot of starts last year, got a lot of praise as a guy who's going to make the next step. And now as a sophomore, he's starting ahead of a junior. And I'm kind of stoked about that. That's cool. I mean, Only you know. Only because he's from Craig and he lives five houses down from I him. would think that if he stays healthy, he's got a shot to play in the NFL. Right. And that's what people are saying. Yeah. Um, the secondary... I don't know what's going to happen there. Um, outside yeah, linebacker. You never really know with no. the Badgers with their secondary. You just don't. No, no, you don't. Um, unless they have a really They'll have their typical. Guy. They'll have their good linebackers. They'll have a couple guys that can get to the quarterback like always. There's a couple of freshmen that apparently the coaching staff and some of the players have been wowed with that like they're the next coming of their really dominant linebackers. I don't know if they're going to get a ton of playing time. Um, but I'll I'll be really interested to see what what Leonard can do with the defense and and Al brought this up. What aren't people at this point you think throwing tons of money at Jim Leonard to say we want you as a head coach over here or as a D coordinator and we can pay you 
eight times as much or something like that. Maybe. I mean, he, he, to me, would seem like a hot prospect. Maybe he doesn't want that. Maybe he just wants to stay in Madison. I think he does because I, I think his wife's from, from here, too. Yeah. But I don't know. I mean, I don't think a big program would, would throw a lot at him. Maybe nope. a small, maybe like like your favorite conference, the MAC. Yeah, the MAC. You know, but like if Kirk Ferentz gets run out of Iowa, I don't think Iowa's making a run at Jim Leonard. Mm-hmm. Um, but I could be wrong. I don't know. I don't know anything about Illinois. All I know is I'm excited to see what Wisconsin does. As Charles Barkley would say, Probably I don't not. know nothing about Illinois, but Illinois is in trouble. <laughs> I, do you have any any thoughts on the Badgers going into the season other than what I no. just ran through? No. Um, hopefully I'll remember that they're on Friday to watch right. them. That's right. What channel? ESPN? Big no, Ten? it's Big Ten. Okay. Remember, I get one of the Laurionitis guys. As, oh, yes. You get Animals Kid. That's right. The, the late, the Jane, late great. The, the late animal, yes. I've never heard of the play-by-play guy, but I I should have looked at the Laurionitis, but it was like. You know what? It's not Pam Ward, so it's fine. <laughs> I'm not going to use that as a title. Um, and then we'll, we'll end with some high school stuff. Ugh. You and I, you went off pretty good, and you were hoping to save that, and I don't know whether you can resurrect that a little bit, but the Badger Conference last ye, last week, at, I think it was on Friday, announced that there would be no conference competition. There's going to be no conference champions. Schools are having the option to find non-conference opponents for winter sports, but otherwise... There will be no Milton against Fort Atkinson or Edgewood against you know, whatever. Whoever else is in the Badger Conference, there's going to be no conference competition. So basically, you're going to get a bunch of random teams playing each other. I don't know if Milton can still play Fort Atkinson. Is it just not going to count for anything? Like, they're not barred from playing each other, are they? There's just no conference schedule? Right. So you can it's not a conference. It's not a Badger conference game. If they play, it's just a game. It's just a game. Mm-hmm. So now the Big Eight conference came out with that on Monday. That was in the afternoon, um, and the decision is is the same. Is there going to be no conference champions? There's going to be no conference games. I've reached out to a couple of coaches um, in basketball because that's what we cover, and it sounds like they want to go ahead and go full steam finding non-conference opponents and trying to make as much of a semblance of a season as you can. And at basketball, you can get 24 games. Mm-hmm. And that was one of the indications, one of the coaches, who I'm not going to name, but the rumor is that they are working on a Rock and Walworth County bubble, and then they're going to reach out to and extend the invite to Monroe in Greene County and also up to Watertown, and they're going to take teams from both of those areas and try and just create a mini little conference and just go around and play some home and homes. Um, but it's 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 the it's the next best scenario to just saying we're not doing anything. It still sucks, but if you can get these kids playing, I guess that's better than nothing. And I know you have thoughts, so I'm gonna I'm gonna yeah, let you go. Yeah, I mean, you know, let me. Uh... <clears throat> Let me first preface, because I, I, I ruffled a few feathers on Twitter. Yes, you did. Don't want any hurt feelings. I know skin is very thin these days. What I'm what I'm about to say has nothing to do with t- anybody that's a teacher, anybody that's an athletic director, anybody that's a coach, because you guys are not the decision makers. What I'm referring to are in in 
in Janesville, they worked down at Franklin Street, even though those guys weren't in necessarily making the decisions that we don't like. Whatever street the hell they're on in Dane County and in Madison is the problem. They would rather play politics than play sports. We have evidence all over the state. Uh, we talked about it last week, I believe. Um, most of the teams to the east of us in the southeast part of the state are currently playing football. And southwest. And southwest as well. Um, I saw something, I believe uh, the Milton AD said in the Gazette, uh, I think it was yesterday, that they've actually seen uh, the COVID numbers be better with kids in school than out of school. It's when they're not at school and they're not in any kind of structure that that's when you're seeing well, yeah. the the illness happen. You turn them loose and let them make let them make their own decisions. That's when usually things start to go bad. So nobody should be surprised by this because the people that don't want to play are all Dane County people. Um, I mean, we don't do politics on this show. Everybody knows what Dane County's politics are. Yeah. Um, and we know what King Evers' politics are because he keeps making these ridiculous decrees that we all allegedly have to follow. So obviously the leadership in Madison is not going to go against the governor. They're just not. Um, it's really unfortunate. I feel terrible for, for these kids, especially the seniors. Um, I can't imagine how I and the guys on our team would have reacted if this was our senior year. You know, if you're a, if you're a team that has aspirations of going to and winning a state title, um, if you have aspirations of playing at the next level, um, to not have a high school season is devastating. Um, you know, everybody likes to talk about mental health these days. You know, the Milton AD again said, we've got 400 zombies walking around the halls here because they ain't got nothing to do. And, you know, the WIA is allowing, like, these open gym sessions. That, whatever. That's nothing. And um, That's a FIED class. Basically, yeah. Um, it, it's it's disappointing, you know, and what, what you're going to end up see happening going forward here, and it's something that I've always kind of been concerned about in the last 10 or 15 years, just the way I've watched basketball go, and now baseball is more and more getting this way, and I know volleyball is getting this way for girls. T kids are just going to say, piss on the high schools. I'm not playing for the high school. Club. There's, there's too many... There's too many rules. There's too many restrictions. I'm not dealing with this shit anymore. I don't want to serve no stupid code. If I'm 18 and I want to have a cigarette, screw off. I want to vape. I want to have a dip, whatever. I'm going to go play on these club teams, these AAU teams, these traveling baseball teams. I'm going to get the exposure. I'm going to have college coaches in attendance. I'm going to probably play in better facilities. And I'm going to be playing with better people and against better people because you're going to weed out all the kids that like to play but aren't totally invested in it. They like to be on the football team, but if they play, they're fine. If they don't play, they're fine. You're going to end up weeding all those guys out, and that's bad. You know, high school, the whole point of high school athletics is you're playing with your friends, your buddies, the guys you grew up with, the guys you played traveling teams with, and you know, uh, tournament baseball teams. Like, that's the whole point of it. Um, I think they're the we're in danger of seeing that go away. And I really hope that 
Janesville and Beloit and Milton and some of these local communities can come together and have some kind of a season. It's not going to be the same. There's not going to be people in the stands, no band, no cheerleaders, no palms, no conference champion, no, no tournament. Um, but at least they get to play. My concern this particular season is, you know, if if you're, you know, Craig's got a couple of kids that are that were all conference last year. Um, uh, Rizzo, uh, Angelo Rizzo was first team all all Big Eight. Why would he? What's the motivation to play for Craig this year if he could go play with his AAU team and travel around and play better competition and have college coaches watch him? What what what's the motivation? What's the incentive to play for the high school team? I'm not saying I, we know anything that this is a consideration for him in particular. But if you're a really good kid in Milwaukee, you're a really good kid in Madison or Lacrosse, and some of these guys that are getting recruited nationally, wh- why am I playing in non-sanctioned games that don't matter? What's the point? No chance to win a conference championship. No chance to win a state title. No chance to win any personal accolades. The college, you can't be recruited. They can't come to the game. They can go to the AAU game. They were there all summer, right? No, we but saw. They, but they can't come to the. They yep. can't come to a Craig game at the gym. It doesn't make any sense. Why are the Badgers allowed to play football in Dane County, but nobody in high school can play? It, like the decision making makes no sense. It's 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 a lot of butt covering. It's very political, unfortunately. And I'm just disappointed. I'm disappointed for everybody that's involved, the coaches, the players, Palms, cheerleaders, band, us, you know, other broadcasters. It, it sucks, man. I think the one thing that we can we can both agree on, and I think of what it comes down to as far as the frustration from my perspective, and I said this even, and Schmolt echoed it this morning in his commentary, is that Maybe we don't know a lot of the conversations or we don't know a lot of the protocols and dialogue that's happening behind the scenes. But the optics of this, to me, and what happened in the fall particularly, and now Mm -hmm. we're kind of seeing a little bit of follow-up with it in the winter, is that it doesn't seem like there is even a concerted effort to say, we're going to give this a go, Mm -hmm. but we are prepared if it doesn't work, the lack of the the lack of willingness to try. Right, we have a plan A. Uh-huh. It's very likely that plan A won't work. We have a plan B. Can, if we have to pivot to plan B, like in person schooling and virtual schooling, yep. if we have to go to the latter, we'll do you it. You can always shut it down. Right, but let's give it a try. Yep, and I think just no mention of that anywhere in. Both of these scenarios in the fall and the winter now, you haven't heard any of that. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I reach out to the athletic directors if I can get a response, and maybe they'll tell me we did lay everything out, and maybe those people that you talked about that are the decision makers said, Oh, I think that's exactly what happened. Sounds like a great plan. We're not going to do it. We know know all the local ADs. We know the Beloit, Janesville, Orfordville. We know these guys. I have every belief in my heart that they did everything they could possibly do to have a season. It's the people that wear suits and don't work at the schools that are making six figures that are the ones that are making this decision because they want to cover their own ass. They don't want some kid to go play a basketball game, three days later come down with COVID, their grandma gets sick and dies, and all of a sudden the family's like, we're going to sue the school system. 
that's what they're worried about. Well, come up with a waiver then, man. Come up with some kind of a guy. You guys have all got lawyers on retainer. Make them earn their money and do something. I mean, right. you figure it out. That's figure what, it that's out. What you're being paid. Try for. to find a way to do this. I saw something today that said the COVID numbers in Wisconsin right now are high. The mortality number is getting better. That's good. That means we should be looking at ways to start to do some stuff. I'm not saying open the whole world up and go willy-nilly, but there's a way to get this stuff done to make it fair. It's completely unfair now, if you're a winter athlete, that the fall athletes are going to get to play in the spring. Well, what about us? What if you're uh, the the third-best wrestler on the team, you're not a state qualifier. You're a good guy in the conference. You're not gonna. You're not gonna wrestle in college. So you're you're just done. That's it. You could be a college. Yeah, right. College, conference champion potentially. You're you're just done. Your career. I'm oh, sorry. Yep. Too hard. Can't. Too hard. Don't want to try. I don't know. I don't know. It's. I mean, we saw it coming. I know. Um, the hockey coach, John Mauerman, he was already looking at non-conference. He's going to try and fill his schedule. I heard from a, you know, a couple of coaches. They're going to try and fill their schedules. So maybe this bubble thing works for basketball. I don't know about any of the other sports. I haven't been in touch with any of the coaches. I haven't heard from any of the ADs. Well, and listen, man, I mean, you know, I'm a basketball guy. We do the basketball games. Everybody knows that. So that's what we're focused on. Right. But, like, wrestling, uh, swim, swim. Uh, hockey, gymnastics, yep. hockey, all that winter stuff that goes on, 99% of those kids never suit up, lace up, put their tights on again after high school. And to just throw your hands up and say, we don't want to try, it's too hard, it's unacceptable, man. I just think it's bullshit. That is a, uh, I think that's probably a good place to end it. And we hate to end on it. And a if you're offended by anything that we said, Sorry. But it's what I feel and what I believe. And and right now... And it's, it's not about me and you, and it's not, you know, about and it's losing what, our money or what. Right. I don't give a shit about that. It's what we know and what we've read and what's come out. Yes. If that's not the case, I'd love to hear Look, something man, to the alternate, some alternative. Well, I lived this. I lived this in high school and college where this is your life. So to just have it be thrown out the window it's 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 got a sting and you know angie murphy the coach of verona she's been very vocal she's been very it. vocal yep. on twitter about it and like she said a lot of tears in their house for sure she's got a she's got a daughter on the varsity basketball yep. team that now can't play for her mom so that sucks that's the intentional fall for this week we appreciate you listening downloading subscribing as always we ask that you tell your friends grow our listenership and our listener base yeah stay, that's you know, awesome stay upbeat if you don't like something yep. I said tell me to fuck off on Twitter I don't care I, I I'm a big boy I can handle it perfect I've been yelled at by my dad coach Suter Pat Miller whatever it's just noise <laughs> I'm Josh I'm Dan we will talk to you next time go. Division leading, five and one, Bears. Big Dick Nick. <laughs> <laughs>